you say, well, he is living water in our lives. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Church, this morning, we sing a song of victory. And we tell that mountain to move out of the way. Amen. Come on, let's sing it together. So I want to hurry when giants come calling my name. Oh, my God, so much bigger than the troubles I face. Come on, we need that reminder today. Come on. 
else say that. But it's our God that we can say that about. Amen. That he is bigger and greater and stronger. And because of that, we give him glory. And we get to sing songs like what we're about to sing right now. And we sing about his greatness and how good he is. And we declare it to the millions and those that are outside of the walls of our church. And with the sound of my voice, and we say, great are you, Lord. You are so good, Jesus. You give me life. You are love. Come on. You bring life to you. Come on. You restore every heart that is broken. Oh, we sing. Oh, yes, you are. Yes. Great are you, Lord. Come on, let's just sing that one more time. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore heart that is broken oh and great are you Lord it's your breath come on in our lungs so we pour out our breath come on pour out our breath it's your breath in our lungs so we pour moment we return it all over to you Jesus Lord we say or whatever burdens we come into this place Lord we declare them yours now Lord Lord we lift up our praise to you Lord because you are worthy of it Lord because you already took that from us thousands of years ago and so Lord we lift our hands up in surrender Lord to say Lord it's all yours come on lift up your voice with me and say and all the earth, come on, your praise. 
Your thanks this morning for yes, how good Lord. He has been in your life. Come on and we say, give Great are you, Lord. Honor and glory. Great, great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for lavishing us with your love, lavishing us with your grace, giving us your only begotten Son, giving us your Holy Spirit to walk and journey through life with us. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we cry out, Father God, on behalf of our community and our country. 
We see such brokenness, Lord. We see such emptiness. Father God, we see people walking the streets of our city with death in their eyes. No life at all. God, we pray hope and we pray life and we pray, Father God, a future. Father God, we pray for all those that remain fighting the fires across New Mexico. It's not just up north. Father, there's, our state is on fire. And we need, Father, you to strengthen our firefighters, protect them. And Lord, let them be able to extinguish these fires by the help of you sending rain. Oh, how desperately we need rain. And Father God, we pray, Father God, that as the president said, they're going to provide funds for those that have lost everything. I pray that those funds won't be caught up in bureaucracy. I'll pray that, God, they'll be able to help those families that are in desperate, desperate need. Guide them, help them, instruct them. Father God, I pray, Lord God, a covering over New Mexico. That you end the violence, God. Bring peace and order back into our state. Peace and order back into the counties of New Mexico. And especially here in Bernalillo, Valencia, and Sandoval County. These three counties have been plagued with violence. We pray that the violence end and peace would flow in the streets of Albuquerque. Father God, we pray blessing, Lord God, over our community. Those that have lost loved ones. Father God, those that have just lost loved ones, I pray peace over those families. The Parker family, the Gonzalez family, Lord strengthen them and encourage them father god i just pray for an outpouring of your spirit right now as we prepare for communion align our hearts with yours let us empty our minds lord you said if lord we came to the altar with aught in our hearts towards a brother or a sister we're to lay down that offering and go make things right Help us to get our heart right with you as we enter into this holy time. And Lord, we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We're going to be having communion right now. So if you don't have your elements, our ushers are there to help you. You know, when Passover actually began... It was when Moses was going to lead the people out of Egypt and back to the Holy Land. And they were going to have a Passover meal. And all those that shared in that meal, their bodies were healed. Their bodies were restored. Their clothes grew with them for the next 40 years. Their shoes grew with them for the next 40 years. They were covered by the blood of the lamb. This past Wednesday, we had an amazing service here at church. And Brother Steve Stewart was sharing and he was talking just about the rhythm of the kingdom. And he was talking about how healing takes place. And as many of you know, when I had COVID, I went blind in my left eye. And all I could see was 
some light at the top and a little bit on this, on the right side. Everything else was just black. And I asked them to pray for me. And God is opening up my vision again. I want you to know the... All, before I just saw black, there was nothing else, just black. And now I, I don't have black anymore. I can see, I can see the lights, I can see the colors, I can see... I can see, I can see all of you, but it's not fine-tuned. And it's like the blind guy that told the Lord, he said, can you see? He goes, I see people as trees. And I said, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. So I say, thank you, Lord. He's restored my sight. And as we take communion... I want to ask you to ask God to heal your body of whatever you might be going through. Because in the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples. Saying, take this all of you and eat it for this is my body, which is given up for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He gave, reminded them, say, don't ever forget what I've done for you. I not only died for you. But I died to give you provision to provide for you the rest of your life. Provide spirituality, provide your needs, provide healing. And so as we take this meal today, Father, we remember those words and you gave thanks and you said, do this in remembrance of me. God, thank you for all that you've done in our life. Continue to flow supernaturally through us. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the body of Christ. You may eat the bread. Afterwards, he took the cup. He gave thanks and he said, This is my blood which is given for you. That's a new covenant. He made a new promise. He made a new covenant that he'd come back for his church. And he sealed it with his blood. He said, this is how real it is. I'm a man of my word, but I'm going to seal it with my blood. The blood of Jesus has power. Because he's made a covenant and he sealed it. So when we claim the blood of Jesus, we're claiming all of the promises and covenant of God over our life. So in that night, you gave thanks, and God, we give thanks, and we hold this cup in our hands representing your blood, and we claim the blood of Jesus over our marriage, over our family, over our lives, if we're single, over our single life, to keep us pure and bring a man or woman into our life. God, we just pray blessing and abundance and healing and restoration, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. You may drink of the cup. What a joy, Lord, to enter into that holy communion with you. Would you stand with us as we continue to worship? We continue to say thank you, Lord.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for being here with us this morning. Thank you because it truly is, I know I say this a lot, but it really is your breath it filling our lungs right now, God. It is your breath giving us life right now. It is your spirit that is strengthening us right here in this moment, God. You are here with us, God. You are so great, Heavenly Father. You sent your Son for us and paid the ultimate sacrifice to give us life, God, to give us victory in your name. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in our lives here at New Beginnings. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen, amen. Church, why don't we lift up a shout of praise? Isn't God good this morning? Come on. Hey, church, let's take a moment. Let's greet each other uh, as worship comes to a close this morning, yeah? All right. Good morning, New Beginnings Church. How are we doing this morning? We're doing good. Are we alive? We're happy to be here. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We got Pastor Cindy's mic working. (laughs) All right. Well, before we get started this morning, church, we have a couple of announcements for you real quick. Uh, My name is David. I'm the youth director here. And I'm Pastor Cindy. I forgot who I was for a second. I'm the PW, pastor's wife. <laughs> I'm also the executive pastor here at New Beginnings. <laughs> oh, we, got just a, we got just a couple of announcements. Yes, absolutely. We got a couple of announcements for you guys real quick. First, I'm super excited. I don't know if you guys heard, but you guys know camp is a thing? We've only been talking about it like forever. You guys are like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. No. Um, today, we're having a meeting for camp. Uh, immediately after second service. So that's this service at 1230, right over here in the youth sanctuary. If y'all haven't been there, you're welcome to drop by just to see it. It's a lovely facility. So we're going to be having a meeting there uh, for all the parents. It is a mandatory meeting. We've got some, you know, some info for you guys, what to expect from camp and whatnot, and also uh, some paperwork for you guys to fill out just to make sure we got everything going smoothly for camp this year, and we are beyond excited. So if you're a parent sending your kiddos to camp, or if you yourself are going to camp, uh, drop by at 12.30 p.m. right after this service, and we'll be there ready for you. He speaks about it with so much enthusiasm, I want to go. <laughs> but Grandpa's going, <laughs> and the kids are like, no, Grandma, stay home, stay home. <laughs> but uh, excited about camp this year. We are every year, David. It's just so wonderful. And parents, thank you for your support. The kids have such a wonderful time with each other but most importantly with the Lord. And it's just so exciting. We need to pray for them as they go so that God would make an impact in their lives, not only temporarily, but something that will impact them for the rest of their entire lives. We also have a New Believers class here at New Beginnings. That's our first step. We always talk about what's the next step, what's the next step, what's the next step. Okay, first step is to get saved, right? To invite Jesus as your Lord and Savior in your heart. And we have that new beginners, uh, rather new believers class every Sunday at 11 o'clock. 
in room 106. If you've been saved maybe a year even, I, if you need a refresher, go in there. I'm telling you, Debbie Hernandez does a really good job at uh, explaining what that means when you accept Jesus Christ in your heart. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, church, uh, this, man, so much going on today. There if you're is. here for child <laughs> dedication also, that's happening uh, this morning, I guess this afternoon, because it's going to be afternoon by the time we're done here. So, so this afternoon after this service, <laughs> child dedication is happening, so hang tight, hang around here. Pastor Richard will give you more directions about that later on, but you are in the right place if you are here for that this morning, in case you were wondering. So that's happening right after service again, yeah. We do have a lot going on in this we church, do. and that's because God's on the move, amen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mobile food distribution is this Friday on June 17th. It's fabulous. I love looking out our, our office windows when I see our front mm-hmm. part of the church and part of the office is covered with volunteers Absolutely. getting everything ready to serve the community with this delicious food <laughs> that we've been blessed with. So please, if you know of a family that is in need, that needs help, please come. Volunteers, we need volunteers. We'd love to have more. Show up at 10 o'clock. We start serving everybody at mm-hmm. 11. Absolutely. It's, I, I love seeing it's just awesome. that parking lot. I know, just it's so great. busy. <laughs> teeming with life. It's always so great whenever we do food distribution. And also on the 18th, which is the following day, that's a Saturday, uh, under his construction, one of the ministries we partner with here at New Beginnings, UHC in the house, yeah? Um, <laughs> so I see that hand. We'll be, having a, uh, we'll be having a free dolls fashion show here Saturday at 5 p.m. That's the 18th. It is a free event. It is here. I believe they got a booth out in the mall. If you want more info about that, you can drop by. But again, that will be on. That will be at 5 p.m. Saturday, June 18th, here at the church, and you That's won't right. want to miss that. That's right. mm-hmm. God bless all of you, and thank you so much for coming this morning. We are excited about this series that Pastor Richard is preaching. Amen, David. He has done such a great job, and it's really helping us to have healthy mm-hmm. boundaries. Amen. Absolutely. And I just personally want to say praise the Lord for the restoration of my husband's vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wonderful. Absolutely. Praise God. <laughs> Come on up, Pastor. <laughs> I almost said babe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll forgive you. Pastor babe. Pastor babe. We've been going to summer camp. Uh, we've been doing this for 40 years now. Wow. And uh, we've been at this particular camp 39 years. Uh, and so it's just been a joy to be able to see how God uses it to really impact the lives of so many. Well, I uh, first want to start out by saying yesterday we had a unity men's breakfast it was our church went out there to, uh, we went to Teen Challenge, adult, teen, adult and Teen Challenge facilities. We took a team of, uh, I think it was about 12 or 13 men out there. And uh, I want to thank our leaders, Joshua Manker and Beto Enriquez. Thank you for leading us, guys. All of you men that went, they tore it up, man. They tore it up. And uh, that what it is, they're out in the woods, and so they're clearing all the brush so they don't experience, uh, you know, fires. But they also, uh, Alameda had his tractor out there, and he 
they wanted him to make a nature trail, a two-mile nature trail. And, uh, and they did, and his seven-year-old son was helping him, Elijah. And, uh, and, and then uh, uh, Angelo was with a chainsaw, and they made a nature trail, and they named the nature trail out of little Elijah. So it's known as the Elijah Nature Trail. Isn't that awesome? He was out there working so hard. One of my grandsons was out there working, and he goes, Grandpa, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. So hopefully he really worked and just didn't goof around, but he, he worked hard. Youth, you're dismissed now to youth class. This, they have a youth service. You guys be dismissed at 6th, 7th, 8th through 12th grade. So 6th through 12th, all of you are dismissed to go out there. You don't have to go. You're welcome to stay here with us. Uh, but uh, but just to let you know, they have a service for you guys, and it's a great bonding time. So God bless you all. Hey, let's get into the Word. I am doing a series called Healthy Boundaries, and today I want to talk about healthy boundaries for integrity. Integrity is something that's been lost. When integrity is lost and, 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 and you see that, that, that integrity has been compromised, it really loses a lot. Like you've seen like the news, now they call it fake news because the news has reported such corrupt stuff and they've reported it so corrupt that they've had to go back and apologize and say, well, we have a correction and we reported this wrong. And, and so the news has really lost a lot of its integrity. People don't even believe in, in, in the news hardly or the newspaper and written articles and it's just really sad. A lot of politicians talk out of both sides of their mouth, and, and, and they've lost a lot of their integrity. Yesterday, they made promises to people that have lost everything up in the fire, and, and we're really hoping that it's not going to take five years for them to get the help they need. You see, integrity is something that once you lose it, it's hard to gain it back whether it be for a person, an organization, a church, it be your, your club, whatever it might be, you see, because we, we compromise. And integrity really f- starts falling apart. A big problem with people is that people compartmentalize their life. It's like, this is my spiritual life, and this is my business life, and this is my school life, and this is my family life, where God is saying, no, I'm supposed to be God of every part of your life. You're not supposed to just come to church and have a spiritual moment with me, and I'm not part of everything else. He wants to be part of everything. He wants to be your everything, and he wants us to understand that. If you look up integrity in Webster's, it says integrity. The quality uh, or state of being complete or undivided or incorruptible. You see, it's, it's the wholeness of the totality of a person. The totality, undivided. We've got to understand that our private lives affect our public lives. Our private lives really affect our public lives. And we don't think that a lot of times. We think uh, what I do in darkness, no one else knows, just me, you and God. And God knows all, and he, he, he wants us to understand that it spills out into our everyday life, the things we do behind closed doors. That's why it's important that we have lives of integrity. So God, guide us, lead us, and help us through this. I pray in Christ's name, amen. amen. 
You see, the first thing I want to say about integrity, because it matters, integrity matters because it pleases God. Our integrity pleases God. When you have integrity, it pleases God. God is really pleased with you. He's really proud of you. He's glad that you're living up to your word because nowadays people don't live up to your word. I was talking to, yesterday we had the swimming party for the the children's department and some youth were out there and we had about 80 people out there having a blast in the pool that we had rented. And, And I was talking to one of the parents and I said, you know what? Children don't listen to their parents that much as much as they see their parents. They listen with their eyes. They listen by what they see. So you, you might tell them, do this, but they're saying, you might say, do this, but in essence, they're saying, I'm going to do not what you tell me, but what I see. Because they're following your steps, and it's important that we really do that. And we need to understand that integrity are our actions, our thoughts, and our heart. It's those things that are lodged in there, those things that we live out, and no one will ever know, yet God knows. We think we could get away with stuff. We think we could hide stuff. We think we could just lurk around and do our little thing behind closed doors, but you've got to understand that there's no door closed to God. He understands all, and he wants us to really get it and understand that. And so God is saying, don't you understand that integrity really pleases me? Look what he says right there in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. He said, the Lord detests people with crooked hearts. So he wants us to have a pure heart. He says, he delights in those with integrity. So important that we live our life with integrity. That we let our yes be yes and our no be no that we truly live up to the people that he wants us to be, that we exemplify our lives according to his word and that it's one and the same. Sometimes people say that they've never met a Christian and they don't know God because they've never met a Christian and others say, I don't know God because I have met a Christian and there's no way I want to be like them. So it's important that we live our life right. It's important that we do things God's way and not our way. A second thing about integrity is integrity matters because it influences others. It truly influences others. Our walk is supposed to influence someone to say, I want to be more like you because you're more like him. You have a heart of God. You have a love for God that I want to come to know. I want to come to understand. I want to come to really follow. I really, really, really want to come to really surrender to that kind of a God. Because your life has impacted them so much. Your life has shown his love so much. In the book of Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7, it says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Because they're walking in a manner that is upholding the word of God in their life and in their household. It's amazing how people compromise in their households and they do things that they never should be doing. And they live in a manner that is not pleasing to God. And they do things that you're like, what are you doing? Don't you understand? You're welcoming things in your household that you never should. You're bringing things into your home that you never should. You're speaking in a manner that you never should. You're doing things that you just never should because they really follow that. In Proverbs eleven eleven, it says, 
upright citizens are good for a city. We could impact an entire city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tears it apart. That's why it's so important that we really get involved in elections and we really elect godly people that have an education and know what they're doing to really bring them into office and hold them accountable to the things that they say because how many promises are made that are constantly broken? We've got to start blessing our city and the upright citizens are good for a city, the word says. So it's time that we rise up and we really bless our city by our lifestyle by the way we live. In the book of Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 12, it says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give glory, honor to God when he judges the world. It's saying, in other words, our neighbors, whether it be the people we live nearby, the people we work nearby, the people we go to school with, the people we do life with at work, they're watching. They're watching you like a hawk. They're watching and wondering how you're living. And they see if you're really being real or not. And it says, so live properly among them so that even if they accuse you of something, your life is going to show that they're a bunch of liars and you're not. That they're speaking out of one side of their mouth when it's a lie and your life is upright before God and it's going to make them look like idiots. He's saying live, live right, live, live holy, live, live before God in the manner that you please him. A manner that you show your integrity. Have you ever looked at the word live, L-I-V-E? Spell it backwards. You know what it spells? Evil. Evil. So he's saying live right, otherwise otherwise you end up living evil. You end up doing things that are corrupting your life and your testimony. Integrity. It really impacts and it matters because it really truly blesses God and it influences others. And integrity matters because it also blesses us. It blesses us. Our lives are blessed because we're living right. People go, my goodness gracious, man. You're a man of your word. You're a woman of your word. You give your word and you deliver. You come through. You do what you say you're going to do. There's people that just say, yeah, 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 and they're never there. It's like, man, be honest, be straightforward. In Proverbs 11, 5 and 6, it says the godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. The godliness of good people rescues them. The ambition of treacherous people traps them. Man, God is saying, don't you understand? When you live right, God blesses you. He blesses your obedience. He blesses your honesty. He blesses your integrity. In Proverbs 10, verse 9, it says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. And isn't that the truth? We have seen so much exposure of people in high office across our nation. 
And not just people in political office, just people in great high places and leadership and, and CEOs of company and actors and actresses that, you know what, have marred their name because of them being exposed. Their integrity was compromised. So how we live is really important. And how we live is really important to God. So how do you live? How do you really live a life of integrity? You see, we live a life of integrity when we speak the truth. We've got to speak the truth. When we speak the truth, it really, really changes everything. Sometimes people don't want to speak the truth. The truth is difficult to share sometimes. And some people say, I'm not afraid to speak the truth. And they do it in a way that does not glorify God. They are damaging people. They're hurting people. They say things in a real ugly way. And it really messes them up. And it hurts them. That isn't God. You see, when we speak the truth, we build trust. And when you build trust, you end up coming together. Because trust and truth and truth and trust go hand in hand. Without, without the trust, your, tr- your, your truth starts dying. Without trust, you, you start seeing that that you don't have any truth, you don't have trust, it dies, you don't have any hope. Nowadays, a lot of young couples are getting together not because they fall in love, but they fall in lust. And all they're in the relationship for is for having sex and, and just doing life to have fun. But after that, they're like, well, I could have fun with her over here and I could have fun with him over here. And, and they have their husband and they have their wife and they have someone else on the side, and it's like, what is that all about? God wants us to have lives of integrity and to speak the truth and to say the things we're supposed to. We're not supposed to be lying. We're not supposed to be deceiving people. In the book of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, it says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. But he wants us to tell the truth in a tender way. He wants us to tell the truth in a loving way. He wants to tell us to tell the truth in a building up way, a way that's going to edify, a way that's going to grow, a way that's going to lift up and not tear down. Man, you could tell somebody the truth and make them feel like garbage. Or you could tell them the truth and they go, wow, thank you. I really needed that. It's hard. It's not always easy. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, the Apostle Paul reminds us, he says, instead, we will speak the truth. But he says, what? In love. Those letters ought to jump out at you. You're supposed to speak it in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. So we're going to say it in love. I mean, let's say your wife is up there cooking away and she's going to try a new casserole and she's slicing and dicing and chopping and working and you go in there, what are you doing, babe? No, no, don't don't even come in the kitchen. I'm trying a new recipe. And she puts it in the oven and oh my gosh, the house smells amazing. You're like, man, I can't wait to get that meal. And she serves you and she serves you enough for two people. And you get your fork and you're like, yeah, baby, thank you, Lord. And you dig in and you go, oh, Lord, no, thank you. No, 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 thank you for this, Lord. This is disgusting. I don't know what my wife did. Oh, my goodness. Man, there's a way of telling her. You could tell her, babe, uh, 
I, I don't know what happened. Or you can say, I'm not going to eat this garbage. You expect me to eat this trash? Tastes horrible. Now, it might taste horrible, but you don't have to beat her up and hurt her like that. Look, a real thing like that happened in our life. Cindy, Cindy was never a cook. When we got married, she only knew how to make scrambled eggs and French toast. So sometimes we'd have scrambled eggs for dinner. We'd have scrambled egg sandwiches. We'd have scrambled eggs and, and French toast. We've had French toast. Then we had, oh my gosh, it was like, try something new. So she, man, the house smelled amazing. I'm like, wow. And we had ordered furniture. We had all the house furnished except that we didn't have a dinette set yet. Hadn't come in. But that day I walked in from work and the dining room is set beautifully. There's a beautiful tablecloth and candlelight and the plates. and But it's all on the floor because there was no table. And she goes, Richard, we're going to have, I'm like, oh man, it smells amazing. I'm like, wow, no more scrambled eggs, no more French toast. Yeah, baby. And she served me beef stroganoff. And it was, that's the noodles with the kind of gravy and the beef. And man, it was a mountain enough for two people, man. I'm like, wow. And, and, but we're on the floor. So I put my head down and I put it in my mouth and I said, ay, pobrecita, si. It smelled so good and it tastes so horrible. And I look up and she's just looking at me like, wow. So I'm like, oh man. So I get more and I put it more in my mouth and I'm like, God help me. Don't let me die. And so I'm looking at her and she goes, do you like it? Man, I said, if I tell her yes, she might serve it to me again. Next time she will kill me. So I'm like, wow, babe, uh, do you? And she goes, no, it's the grossest thing in the world. She goes, you didn't see me, but I put it in my mouth. I spit it out. I can't believe you're eating it. And I go, babe, I, I, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I don't know what we're, we're on. But she goes, that's disgusting. We got our plate and threw them in the trash. <laughs> and we just ate the salad. I could have told her, this isn't fit for human beings. I'm not even going to give it to a dog. I, I could have said that. I could have said, this is the most disgusting thing I ever can. I just said, babe, I love you. But I don't know what went wrong, but let's find out together so you could correct it. And, and as you can see, she's gotten better at cooking. <laughs> but I do 90% of the cooking in our house. <laughs> There's a way of saying things. You don't have to lie. You don't have to say, oh, it's delicious. I just, I never lied. I just said, it's like nothing I've ever tasted. <laughs> and I hope I never taste it again, you know. But we need to speak with love. Proverbs 4.24 says, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. In other words, clean up your mouth. Clean up your mouth. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Don't, don't have this careless banter, these white lies, this gossip. That hurts people. It destroys people. Don't do that. 
Gossip is such a contagious thing because we all, really, really? I know. Really? My mom, I will never forget, she'd be on the phone. My mom spoke nothing but Spanish, and she goes, Ay, a poco, no me digas, no me digas, a poco, which means, oh, really, really? Oh, don't tell me anymore, really? Don't tell me anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stay on the phone another hour, no me digas, no me digas. Que no me digas y que nada. No, don't tell me, don't tell me. Yeah, don't tell me and nothing. If you ever wonder, do I, do I, do I uh, interpret when I speak Spanish? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, so don't get all shook up. I wonder what he said. I'm talking about you that don't understand Spanish. No, I'm really not. I'm, I'm joke. Calm down. You see, now you have something to gossip about. Pastor talks in Spanish and he's talking about us that don't understand. And that's not true. See, flattery is also a form of lies. You flatter people and you say things that aren't even real. And you say maybe to score points with them and, oh, you're the greatest. You're the most awesome. You're just, there's no one as great as you. It's like, you know what? If you really mean that, then say it. Otherwise, shut up. <laughs> no, really, don't be lying like that. Lies, we lie. We're hypocrites at times. The word hypocrites came from the, the theater. That You see, there were actors that used to play two or three different parts, five parts. And they would put on a different mask. And they would play the part of this guy and then they'd change masks and play the part of this guy and then on and on. And so by putting all these different masks on and all these different characters, they were known as hypocrites. We use the word hypocrite for someone that wears a mask and they act like there's something that they're not. And they act like they're all good and holy and nice and your best friend and they're stabbing you in the back. Nowadays, they don't even stab you in the back. They do it right to your face. And there's brokenness. Lying your way in, you lie your way into a mess. Honesty is the best policy. We've heard that a million times, but it truly is the truth. Speak the truth and you don't have to have a good memory. Just say it. But when you lie, you're there like, what did I tell them? I wonder what I told them. I forgot what I told them. Just say, speak the truth. And another thing we need to do is understand that we live by integrity when we stand for what's right. So it's not just speaking the truth, but when we stand up for what's right. See, every day, everybody's fighting for their rights nowadays. I have rights. I demand my rights. I want. If you have rights, you also have wrongs. And we need to stand up for what's right. We need to have a voice for the voices. We need to be able to say that's wrong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it says, For we cannot oppose the truth. We must always stand for the truth. People are always fighting for their rights. What about the wrongs? Are we willing to stand up and speak against the wrong? A lot of times we're afraid to, we're embarrassed, we're cowards, and we're like, yeah, I don't want to say anything, it's going to create a war. And just do it in love, but don't be brutal about it. And don't share your opinion, share God's opinion. Share what God has to say about it. Racism is wrong, people. Don't be a racist. God says it's wrong. So don't be afraid to say, hey, 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 guys, don't be saying that. Don't be talking about other people like that, other races like that. Don't, don't allow that. 
Same-sex marriage is wrong. It's not that we think it is. The Bible says it is. Abortion is wrong. Well, what about the women's right? Look, just study the word, and, and we need to speak up. You're taking a life. Homosexuality is wrong. It's not what I say. It's what the Bible says. Drunkenness is wrong. We could go on and on and on, but we don't like to talk about those things. You better not bring it up. Or don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. You're just standing there, and you're afraid. Don't say it in an ugly way. Turn or burn. Man, don't do that. Man, I've seen some Christians do some stupid things talking about some of these issues and many others. They scream and shout. And they, they, they're mean and ugly. And you go, God, what's that all about? What's that all about? You know what? You don't have to get ugly. You say it in a loving way. And James chapter 4, verse 17 says, Remember, it is a sin to know what is what you ought to do and then not do it. He wants us to speak the truth. He wants us to speak up for those things that are wrong, but according to God's word, not our word, according to his way and not our way. And then we need to look at uh, another thing, that we live with integrity when we stay clean. When we stay clean. I'm not talking about addictions and you're clean. I'm talking about living a clean life. I'm talking about living upright. In other words, your attitude, your motives, your conduct are right. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, so that no one can criticize you, live clean. He goes, so that no one could come against you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. He's saying, live clean, live right, live in a manner that glorifies God and honors you. Do it the way he wants us to do it. It's important that we do that. It's important that we live it out in a way that really truly points people right back to God. Not what we think, but what he thinks. Not what we want to do, but what he wants to do. So how do, you, how do you really maintain a life of integrity? How do you do it? First, you've you got to choose the right friends. We always tell our children, right? Choose the right friends. What's the old saying in Spanish? Dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. Isn't that the truth? I say it like this. Hang around the goats too long and you start smelling like them. Right? How do you expect to soar like an eagle when you hang out with turkeys? I mean, that's what he's saying. So maintain the right kind of friends. Friends that are going to build you up and not tear you down. Look, do you know how easy it is to pull someone down? Just gravity helps you. But God wants us to pull people up. God wants to elevate them. God wants us to lift them up higher to another level. And we're supposed to be able to do that. So choose the right friends. Another thing we really need to do is value integrity more than our image. People have that they want their image to look amazing. 
They want their image to be just right. They want to make sure I look the good part. I look the part. I might not act the part. I might not be the part, but I want to look the part. So people are having, ooh, look at me. I have a Louis Vuitton, and I have a Versace. A fake one, but it's, I got it. It's not the real McCoy. It's a knockoff. So it's spelled backwards instead of Versace, it's Ichachi or something. <laughs> oh, is that a Louis Vuitton? No, it's a Louis from the barrio. It's a Valley Vuitton. We want to show, look, I have money. Oh, look at me. Look at me. I told you one time my son gave me a Rolex, but it was from Juarez. He got it at the marketplace, the Mercado. So people go, dude, is that a Rolex? I go, no, this is my Rolex. I didn't have a real Rolex. So I had a Rolex. Look at me. It's like, you know what? If you could afford it, it's okay. But don't do it just to have, show off. Uh, look, at, look at the car I drive. I drive in style. You can't even afford the payments, but you, 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 you drive in style. As long as you can hold on to it. We spend money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people we don't know. All because of image. We want to hold on and maintain an image that we look amazing. Look at us. And then we need to watch what we watch. You need to watch what you watch because what you look at starts grabbing a hold of you. So watch what you watch. Watch how you look at people. Watch at the material you read. Before it was like the movies you go to. I'm not even talking about pornography. That's already a given. I'm talking some of us are watching movies we have no business watching. And we watch it in front of our kids. And they watch stuff that they're too young to watch. Why do you think we have ratings? Rated G and PG and PG-13 and rated NR or whatever. And that, I don't even know what all the ratings are. But what they're trying to tell you is this really isn't suited for this age because their minds aren't developed enough yet. Yet we bring all that garbage into our homes. We talk in a manner that just is disgusting. We use the F-bomb and this and that. And your kids are learning all that. Man, we we trying to impress with the way we look. Look what it says in Proverbs 28, verse 6. Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and rich. What, what does it get you? Greed will destroy your life. Greed will eat you apart. So what's more important, the truth or things? What's more important to you? And the book of Psalms 101, verse 2 and 3 says, We will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly, and I will have nothing to do with them. He's declaring this is, man, you would think he just wrote that last week. And yet it was thousands of years ago. Why? Because the heart of man has, has not changed. It's just getting worse. 
So we need to be people that uh, live upright. We need to be people that our yes is our yes and our no is our no and be right. In Proverbs 15, verse 14, it says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Man, one time I was at a cookout. It's been some time ago and there's a little, probably maybe almost two-year-old kid running around and they go, hey, show Brother Richard, show Pastor Richard a cactus. And the little kid walks up to me and goes like that, but it was a middle finger. Flip me off. And I'm like, wow. And they're all, <laughs> isn't that cute? I'm like, do you understand this kid's going to grow up? If they're doing that at two, what do you think they're going to be doing at 12? What do you think they're going to be doing at 15 and 18 and 20? Like, what's wrong with you? Some parents talk to their children and they start cussing. They have a cussing contest with the kid. They tell the kid off and the kid tells them off. Like, my goodness, it's no big deal. Oh my gosh, pastor, you get it? Yes, it is a big deal. It is a very big deal because you're pouring into them what you shouldn't. We were talking about going to camp and some grandparents said, now, pastor, you have permission to spank our grandson. And the grandson says, we don't spank anymore. I go, I don't either. I, I swat. <laughs> I take a ping pong paddle. Vamonos. <laughs> no, I don't spank any kids at camp. I'm going to get in trouble now. I do not, for the record. I promise you I am telling the truth. <laughs> Some of you remember that. Some of you don't. <laughs> Integrity is what you are in the dark. When no one else is watching, it's just you. But guess who else is watching? God. You see, integrity must be learned. It must be practiced. The more and more you spend time with Jesus, the more and more you become like him. You study, you talk like him, you art like him. You become a person of integrity. Now, some of you might be thinking, man, that's just hard, man. It's hard. It's hard in this world, and sometimes man, things happen, and next thing you know, and, and but you know what? In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, by his divine power, you see, by God's power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So God has already given us everything we need to live a life of integrity. We have received all of this by coming to know him, by coming to know Jesus, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence, his integrity. So Lord, help us. Help us to be those men and women. Help us to be the banner holder that holds the standard that walks into a room and people go, quiet, quiet. They don't like dirty jokes. Why, they, they're holier than thou. You say, you know what? I'm not holier than anyone, but I want to live a holy life. I don't talk about gossip. They hate gossip. Man, blessed are you if you're known for that person. But they have to shut up around you. There's some people that don't even get invited to family cookouts. Because you, you ruin all the fun. They can't get stoned and get all messed up. And, I mean, nowadays, it's like crazy. 
There's a place down the street that says, big old sign, cannabis cards. They give cannabis cards out. You just walk in. Oh, I noticed you have a little limp. Did I? I didn't notice a limp. Oh, I noticed a limp. You need a card. So why are you here? Oh, I don't know. Do you ever get a headache? Yeah. Oh, you need a card. You ever get a hangnail? Card. I mean, they, they give them out for anything and everything. And now that it's legal, I'm not, I, I, it's okay. It's, it's all, all right now. It's like, respect. We have no more respect. None at all. There was a funeral not too long ago, and they were all smoking weed right right outside our building. I'm like, you know what? It might be legal, but you know what? Have respect for the house of God. Have respect for yourselves. You see, there's no more integrity. We've got to really build that integrity and say, God, I need your help, and God, I need your wisdom. God, I need your understanding. So lead me, guide me, and help me. And it's got to start with the Lord. And I know I always come to this, but it's so important that you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Because if you've never given your life to Jesus, nothing will ever change. He doesn't change lives. He transforms lives. He makes you into a brand new person. So if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that today, just raise your hand and say, man, pastor, that's me. Anyone here today? Anyone? Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anyone else over here? Sometimes it's hard to see with these lights. Anyone else? Okay. I guess there's someone. I know there was some back there. So I just want, I want to say you're making the greatest decision in your life. Because that's where life starts. So if you raised your hand, stand so we could pray with you. I just want to pray with you. You're going to pray the greatest prayer of your life. Would you just say this with me? Church, would you pray with them, encourage them? Say, Heavenly Father, today I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for him. So forgive me of all my sins and make me a new man, a new woman. Let me walk in the light of Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I want to give you a hug. Come over here so I can give you a hug. What a great joy to celebrate in his love and his mercy. What a great joy. This is exciting, exciting, exciting. Man, it's exciting. We've got a Bible and some stuff we want to give you. Praise the Lord, young man.
God transforms lives, man. We got a Bible and stuff for you. Man, he was just telling me that, man, God has just done a work in his life. He goes, and here I am. Praise God. Look, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if there's something you might need, something you're going through, something you're up against. And you're like, man, I need to pray. I need someone to pray with me. So prayer team, get ready to come up here. And, and, and if you want to be prayed over, make your way up right now. Make your way up. We're going to believe God to do a miracle. We're going to believe God to do the supernatural. We're going to ask God to, to restore and to heal. So prayer people, get up here and start praying with some of these people. Stand with them. We're going to believe for healing. Healing and restoration. You are love. I know it's you. Will you stand with us? Will you just join us and join our brothers and sisters in prayers? We sing. You give life. You are love. Come on and pray. Intercede. together as one church, one voice today. Come on. We say all the earth. 
today we thank you so much Lord for new life for the salvations but God we ask right now for each one of us because we really want to be people of integrity we want to please you Lord we want to influence others with good Lord we want to be a blessing and have our life blessed because we're living those kind of lives Father God we need your help power to do it right we need you to forgive us for the times that we have fallen short for the times that lord god we were embarrassed and we cowered and pulled away for the times that we were afraid and didn't want people to think of us a different way god we don't want to hurt anybody but father it's time that we stand up for jesus so forgive us for trying to compartmentalize our life to only let you into certain areas, God. I pray that we could let you into every area of our life. Lord, I want you to be in charge of our lives, not us. Not money, not time, not things, not dreams, not goals, not relationships, but you. And then you take over all those areas. We ask you, Lord, to help us speak the truth and do it in a way that glorifies you. Help us to live clean lives and stay clean and to stand up for that which is right. Father God, help us. Embrace us. Empower us. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all of God's people said amen. God bless you, church. We love you. Give God praise and greet somebody on the way out, would you?